Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Before we get started, I told Shannon Crowley that we would pray for her. She's going to go and it's her birthday is coming. So everybody say. (laughs) Now we got you gifts, girl. No, no, messing with you. But, uh, yeah, she always takes a little vacation for her birthday, and uh, we can understand that because she works very, very diligently for all of our uh, media things, publications, uh, you name it. If it's in print, she takes care of it for us. And so we just want to bless her and uh, send her off the right way, amen, with God's blessing. So praise God. Amen. You can go over, stand in front of Javier and we'll pray for you and just stretch your hands toward her, her and ask God to bless her journey and get her safely there, safely back. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. And bring her back prosperous, richer than she was when she left. Amen. Well, Lord, we just thank you. We bless her. Thank you, Lord. Bless Shannon for her journey and her trip. And I anoint her, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Very good, Javier. That's a soft landing for. Amen. Praise God. We appreciate it so much. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So while she's receiving from God, amen, we can stay in a place of worship and adoration to the Lord and understanding how great God is. Amen. In spite of whatever goes on in the world, we know that Satan is the God of this world. He's claimed some some legal rights through unbelief and and people who don't have faith in God. But we have faith in God. So we have faith to see the word of God come to pass, see his promises come to pass, see justice served and done and see the things that we we don't like about life that don't line up with the word of God to see him change. And so um, I think you all know better than anybody that as believers, through prayer and through our faith, we can change the world. Amen. We can change the course of things. We've seen it happen in so many different things where God has honored our praying and our believing and our faith. And so we're in that group of people who uh, the Bible refers to as believers. And uh, there is a lot of work for believers to do. You know, so God wants us to always stay uh, full of faith, full of expectation of good, always praying, always expecting good things, expecting ministry opportunities to come your way. All of the things that God says in the Bible that believers are to do, uh, that's us. Amen. And so we, we are so thankful to God that he's given our lives purpose and given it meaning and giving it um eternal meaning the things that we do uh, have eternal consequence and and that's why it's so wonderful uh, to have that mercy of God over our lives so we're, we're expecting great things amen we're always expecting great things in God amen praise God praise God amen <laughs> we would play you some get up music but our our get up music player is just getting up, so <laughs> praise God. Amen. 
Praise God. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We always find mercy and we always find grace to help us in our time of need. There is never a time that we don't need you. And so, Father, we are calling on you now to answer every need on every heart that's reaching out to you in faith and reaching out to you for help. So we thank you, Lord. We honor you. We bless you and we praise you for what you are doing in our lives this very day, this very minute, this very hour. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So we're going to talk today about the fact that conversion brings healing. Amen. Not time. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Not time necessarily, uh, unless it's just the time that it takes for you to be converted to the fact that you are healed. Amen. Uh, And it doesn't take um, what we call effort or works. It takes faith and the expression of faith. Smith Wigglesworth, who was a... um, uh, healing minister uh, in the early, well, the late 1800s and early 1900s, always said faith is an act. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. So if we believe God, then there are some actions that our faith will cause us to do in response to the prompting of God's spirit. It's not just things that we make up that we think will impress God, but it is things that are actually um, uh, prompted by the Holy Spirit. And so we have to really give ourselves over to the invisible realm and the understanding of the invisible realm, really, to get a, a, a good picture of how we can receive the things that God has for us by faith. They have to be received by faith first in order for God to bring them to us. Now, there are lots of things that we can run out and get on our own. There are lots of things that we can go and do on our own. But that's not necessarily God's provision for us. Number one, blessings that come with with sorrow are not ordained by God. Amen. Now, when I say sorrow, I mean there's there's oftentimes almost an immediate an immediate um, understanding that there's something wrong with the response or something wrong with what you have. Amen. There'll be a, a shortage, lack, complaint, um, something there that lets you know. Maybe I missed this somewhere or why why isn't this the way I wanted it to be and the way I envisioned it to be? And so it's the God can help in those situations. But very often, and this is just my opinion, my, my opinion based on just observation, understanding the word the way I do. If if, if people say, for instance, there was something, you bought something and it had to be repossessed or something like that. And, and you begin to understand, boy, there's something wrong. What happened? And I want to straighten it out. The effort that it takes to straighten out is often greater than the effort it would have taken to get it by faith in the first place. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if that weren't true, 
then God's word wouldn't be true to an extent. Because really, it, it it's like, say for instance, there are people, sometimes in the church, you'll see people do things like, um, you know, they, they'll uh, come to church on a regular, run around, uh, living in sin, fornicating and everything, and, and then come back to church and think everything's going to be wonderful. But if that were true, then sin would be profitable. You understand what I'm saying? So my thought is that it's better to stay true to God and true to the walk of faith, no matter where it leads you, than to have things that you desire so badly that you don't care how you get them. See, you know, God is trying to get the thief out of us because there's a thief in everybody. We're all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We all want the blessings at discount price. Half price ain't good enough. We want for the waiting for the, you know, they used to have that gambler sale, uh, 50%. The next time it's 40, then, uh, you know, no, 50, then 60, then 70. By the time the 80% rack shows up, there's, it's just rags and tatters. You know, you should have bought it at 50 because that was a good enough deal. See what I'm saying? So the cheaper the price gets, the less appealing. The results are. That make sense to y'all? So we want to live in a, a place where results are exactly what God says they're going to be and exceeding abundantly beyond what we can have. See, that's the zone God wants us to live in. He really does. He wants to bless us so much. And, and then you think, well, if that's true, why does God make us do things by faith. Then, well, I mean, you know, if he's going to give us so much, just give it to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, why jerk me around with this faith stuff? You know, but but there are are certain principles, certain uh, factors that need to be laid down in our lives. Number one, God tells us that if we would seek Him, His kingdom. His righteousness, seek the way he does things. He got no problem with giving us stuff. He said things get added to you if you will seek me and my ways first. What do you think he's most interested in then? Giving us stuff or changing us? Because, see, if we're changed, we can live with us better, whether we have stuff or not. You still got to live with you. Amen. And so if God then is able to to make these adjustments so that we we look more like him, we act more like him, we love like he does it. You know, I've watched parents over the years and how they respond to their children. And, you know, you'll see that mom and dad grin on but when when the child does something they approve of. Or something they taught them. Well, that's really, that child is imitating you. And you're looking at your reflection, that little kid, and you think, oh, man, it don't get no better than this. Amen? All you parents say, yeah, don't be sitting up there holding back on me like I'm some imaginary creature that just floated in here. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not putting it down at all. And, and, and if it sounded like that, forgive me, but that's something that you observe in, in, in really, if, if the child obeys you and does what you, they're imitating you. They're imitating your words that you taught them, even if you don't do it yourself all the time and don't get it right. Now, don't go there with me. I'm talking about, I'm talking about best case scenario. Amen. In a, in a perfect world. That's what I'm talking about kind of thing. But, but when you, when your children imitate you, that gives you a good, I did something right. It's, you know, this is working. You know, it's worth it. I'm seeing it's working. Amen. And and so and, and that's the way God is. He wants us to imitate him. It gives him great joy. The Bible says to give us the what? Kingdom, not things. Kingdom means his presence, his rules, his laws, the way he wants us to live. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom and then things get at it. You know, things aren't the kingdom. Kingdom is righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. It's that contented blessedness, that place of living that is so far above anything that we could ask or think in a natural realm. See, why is it beyond what we can ask or think? Because you haven't even come into a knowledge of the kingdom. You're just learning. See, we all are. We're just beginning to understand that we can have all of the things that we desire and feel good about ourselves. We didn't have to and, and not be broke and and not be fearful and not be at risk for anything. We can actually have that. Amen. And so that's what God wants to bring to us. That's why he he wants us to have his kingdom. That's why he's teaching us and working with us. And, and, and we can be just like him and have all the things that we desire for a comfortable living or for if you, if you have a vision of a business that employs a lot of people, God will give you that too. You know, let your, let your imagination in God go. Let it go to where God wants to take it. Amen. And, and don't sit around and just kind of, you know, make up stuff. To make it sound like it's wonderful and powerful and full of faith. You know what I'm saying? Just humble yourself so that you can receive the kingdom that God has for you. Amen. It's so wonderful to go to sleep at night and sleep well knowing you don't owe anybody anything. Nobody's mad at you or if they're mad at you, it's because you tried to lead them to the Lord and they weren't ready. That kind of stuff. You understand what I'm saying? And, and that you've made an impact for God. That's, that's what you want. That's the life you want. And that's what God has for us. And you have fellowship with God. And that's the most important part of it. So, so in talking about conversion that brings healing, uh, let me take you to Matthew chapter 13. I think this is where I want to go. There's so many things written down here. I'm pretty sure that's the right scripture. Amen. I was thinking about standing today, but I got spoiled now. I just, I said, it's sitting is all right. <laughs> My boss sat down and taught people out the boat. Shannon, Shannon reminded me of that. Okay, so here we go. In in Matthew chapter 15, 
the disciples came to Jesus and asked him why he taught in parables. Parables were a figure, figure, picture stories that you had to understand. You had to be open in your heart to understand a parable. You had to want to know. And, and, and so it's a way that God had of separating and dividing out people who were pure of heart and people who were just, you know, curious. Like some of your friends, if, if, uh, you know, you ask them if they want, I want, you know, they'll give you a, a problem and you say, well, can I pray for you? Well, ask God to let me, uh, win the lottery. See, a parable is for people like that. So the stupid can stay stupid. Amen. 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 <laughs> because, you know, people are fishing for information all the time. Now, your center acquaintances, coworkers, you know, all them people would love to pick your brain and find out what you know that God can give to them to help them with their unrighteous cause, with their sinful life. So in order for God to keep all of those treasures locked up for his people, taught in parables you really had to and you know some of them started to catch on like the pharisee or or the the doctors of the law that would come up to jesus as afterwards and ask him a question or two then they leave more confused than they first came amen because he'd give them another parable so that's why he does that so he answered them he said because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it's not given it could be at one time, but it's not given to them because of the condition of their heart. He says, for whosoever has, to him shall more be given, and he, he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not, for him, from him shall be taken away even what he has. Oh, that don't seem fair. Uh, you got to understand who he's working for. It's very fair. If you're working for the devil. Amen. So God will take away from people or give according to their righteousness. That's what gets it is your right standing with God. And so when he he talks about even what they have gets taken away from them. You ever know somebody that as hard as they work, as hard as they work, they never get ahead. It's because they're working in the wrong kingdom. Huh? But they're nice people. They work so hard if they're not in God's kingdom. I mean, the word is the word, folks. You know, you can't make God change his word. You ain't big enough. Amen. You're not powerful enough. So he says, therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they see not and they hear and hearing they hear not and they don't understand. So really what Jesus is saying is kind of a waste of time. You know, it's like talking to a brick wall or talking to a fence. He says, and this is why. He says, these people's heart is wax gross. It's all a matter of the heart. If you have a pure heart and a heart that's open to God and what God wants for you, what God has to say, you'll, he'll flood you with more. He'll flood, he'll flood. And he said, you'll get more abundance. What do you mean? I I don't have enough to live off of, barely. Yeah, but you've got abundance. 
If you've got a pure heart, you're already living in abundance. Are you kidding me? Because at any time, that heart can start to produce for you. You just stay with God. You stay in the place where God has you. And that pure heart will start to, of its own, feed your soul. Begin to form words in your mouth that are pure words, that are powerful words that God can bring to pass in your life. So, yeah, you got abundance because your heart is full of abundance already. You just got to learn and and continue to operate in God so that you can bring the things that you desire to pass. Amen. And then you get more abundance. But you're abundant already. Amen. Because you got God. You got the king living on the inside of you. Amen. So, So he is your abundance. And he says, he says, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Which says, by hearing you shall hear, shall not understand, seeing you shall see, and not perceive. For their heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they've closed, lest at any time, at any time, your heart can be changed. Well, you got saved. It happened just like that. In a twinkling of an eye, your heart was changed. Because... God in his mercy began to touch you a little bit, open you up a little bit, cause you to question some of the things that you think are true and thought were true. And he says, at any time, you can hear with your eyes, see with your ears, understand with your heart, be converted and be healed. So Jesus didn't write these people off as losers. He said any time this could happen to him. He said the heart that's waxed gross can now be circumcised and made tender. Amen. Just by the power of the anointing. All they got to do is humble themselves to that word one time. It's an, it's a place where they have to change, repent, change their mind. You know what they think about the preacher that Jesus, he ain't no good. Yeah. You know who he is. Hey, well, his mother and his brothers and sisters, they live around us. He ain't nobody. Amen. When people would drop that, let their hearts get tender and open up to begin to hear something, many of them began to get healed. Many of them began to get converted. Many of them began to live a different life. They wanted the baptism of John so that they could show they were converted. Amen. That was as much as they could do up until that time. But Jesus says here a process for us. The process of conversion is what eventually will heal us. When we are converted, we will be healed. So what do you mean converted? I'm born again. You got a big head up there that's full of ideas. Amen. You got a heart that gets cold on, it's soft some to some people and cold on some. Huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, we, we change, we stiffen up. You ever been around somebody, you, the last thing you remember them, they didn't treat you right and you, you didn't show it too much, but you got stiff on the inside. That's your heart. Huh? And I ain't talking about Elizabeth, I'm about to have a big one, I'm coming. I'm talking about, just your heart 
and how it's either open to love that person or you stiffen it, shut it down, and shut it up so you don't release love toward them. And see, love is a spiritual force. And don't think people can't tell whether you tighten it up or you're relaxed around them. Many people can tell, but they just shrug it off and say, well, she ain't in a good mood today. Or, you know, she's still holding on to that nonsense. You know what I mean. Y'all going to leave me out here like this. <laughs> but you know it's true. Everybody does it. See, your soul has a memory. Your your mind, body, and soul all work together. They shouldn't be fragmented. You shouldn't have a born-again spirit and a heart that says you love God and you got a list of people you don't speak to, you don't want to be around, you you know, you gotta, you gotta tear up the list, folks. You gotta tear the list up. Amen. Or sometimes we tear the list up with people we know we got to be around. Then the ones we don't, we leave them on the list. Uh, you gotta burn that list. Amen. You can't be nursing nothing. You know, like in your, in your moment of self-pity, you grab that list and start looking, looking, look what they did. I remember that. They, they did that. Yeah, they, 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 they. Uh, taking that out like a little pacifier, console yourself with. Stop it. Stop it. Cause that's not the kingdom. You got better stuff to be involved in in life. Amen. You got eternity locked up in you. Grudge holding on one person. You can start releasing eternity and people that you see every day will start to understand God better. They'll want prayer. They'll want you to do things with them and, and, and ask you questions now. They'll wonder how you're in such a good mood all the time. Why is it that you never seem to respond the same way everybody else at the job does to the nonsense that goes on? Why are you different? Amen. But it won't happen if you nurse in your list. Huh? It'll happen only. It's, there's a price to pay for that kind of power. Amen? You want the power to have peace in your heart and peace in your mind and, and represent God on the earth? Comes at a price. Jesus says you gotta love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is just as important as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. See, we love ourselves. We just don't, you know, we, we live in a carnal mind that, that, that kind of takes it away from you. But whatever treatment you would want to give yourself, you give that to your neighbor. However you want to be treated, you treat your neighbor first. <laughs> See, before you go run around demanding respect and good treatment, you got to give it. And give it consistently and not be keeping score. You give it as a lifestyle. You know, it's just who I am to love everybody. It's just who I am to seek God to see what I can do to make people's lives better. It's just that's who I am. I don't change and I don't waver. And I'm not keeping score to see 
if I got anything back yet before I treat people nice again. And I'm the Cedar scorekeepers always get, they always wind up disappointed. Cause they like, well, I didn't do anything to them. That's childish. Come on now. That ain't how we live. The very people you bend over backwards to treat right will treat you the worst until you stop keeping score. <laughs> See, God will teach you. He's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you reap. Sowers, when people sow seed, they drop it in the ground, cover it up, and keep moving. They don't come back and keep watching to see if that seed's going to come up. You have enough confidence to know that seed is going to grow. When you sow good works in the earth, you drop your seed and you keep moving and look for an opportunity to drop another seed. And don't keep checking back to see how that person treats you. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're going to really get busted in the head if you keep doing that. Because God's going to show you that's not how the kingdom works. He wants to train us how to be good stewards of the kingdom that's inside of us. And if you're talking about being a good steward of his kingdom, then you've got to release the spiritual fruit that's that's locked up inside you on a regular basis. You can't be mad at somebody and keep holding grudges and argue with them every time. You know. <laughs> How you doing today? Oh, sorry, I asked. I should have known better. Things never change here. Huh? You understand what I'm saying? You got to drop the rabid dog thing after a while. Dogs get tired of chewing on a or no, I mean, seriously. So so being a good steward of God's kingdom, got to love everybody. Amen. Whether they treat you, or who's looking? Listen, God's looking out for you. Are you kidding me? He's keeping score big time. But the biggest score he's keeping is not how people treat you. It's how you treat people. See, the command is to you, the one who's reading that word, to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what about my neighbor? That's not your business. Huh? He said, he's talking to you when you read that Bible. He ain't talking to your neighbor through you. (laughs) And he's not going to honor any such nonsense. Amen? So he wants us, and this is good training, because he wants you to recognize the power that resides within you if you just give him a chance to let it flow out. And it flows out when you obey his word. Amen. So the heart that waxes gross can be softened by a softened heart. If you got love in your heart, you can conquer anything, any foe. Any person that comes against you, any, I mean, anything like that. Just keep keep obeying God. Keep doing what he tells you to do. Why well, keep doing that and they don't change? How do you know? Because you can't see their heart. They may not change toward you, but they're changing. Just like you're changing. Amen? We're all changing. So we all want 
to be given the benefit of the doubt, don't we? We got to give that to other people. Amen. We got to give that to other people because God is, is, it's God's business how we turn out. He's the author and finisher of our faith. It's not our business to keep up with other people and whether they change or not, you know, that kind of stuff. Mind your own. Amen. And, and always be one who's willing to obey God, willing to give out of a pure heart, willing to do the right thing, not so concerned about, ah, I'm tender today. Don't come near me. She's so tender. You know, you've got to let, let God have the preeminence in your life. Amen. It, it's one of those things that you just have to learn. See, God will toughen you up. That's what he wants to do. Not, not where you, uh, shield yourself against people. But he'll give you scar tissue that when it keeps getting hit, you don't feel it anymore. Amen. That's what makes good boxers. You understand what I'm saying? Is that they can take a punch and not go sit down in the corner. Huh? <laughs> you watch some of these people when they're being trained and you say, huh? You know, and some of them have really tough sparring partners. You know, sometimes those sparring partners hold back just to let them get trained. But if the coach gives them that sparring partner that nod from him to let it go, then they'll find out if he can really take a punch or not. Amen. And so that's why God, he continually heals us. That's why healing is such a part of the ministry of Jesus. Because hurt is such a part of the real world. Amen. People will hurt you. The devil will send people to, to say things to hurt you. And then you will hurt people. Amen? It's, it's just the way it goes. But see, there's healing. And so when we begin to hear with our ears, amen, see with our eyes, understand with our hearts, God will convert us and we'll be healed. There's no wound that he cannot heal. There's no relationship he cannot heal. I don't care how bad they get. You know, God is is doing some extraordinary things in showing us the power of healing. You know what I'm saying? That example I gave yesterday about that man in his 60s with no ID, been homeless, living on the streets for 30 years. They found his birth mother for him. And he felt so alone. He lived on the streets because he said nobody cared about him. And they find his birth mother and she wants to see him. Now you talk about holding out in faith and reconciliation of the heart. How can God do things like that? He does it with the power of the kingdom. The same power we have inside of us. You know, don't be afraid to be a reconciler. I didn't say referee. Y'all jumped on that too quick. Huh? I said a reconciler. Amen. And, and we do have the ministry of reconciliation. See, referees jump into the midst of strife. Reconcilers pray for an open door to speak. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to jump in the middle of anything, but you pray for an open door to speak. 
And that makes a difference. See, because we give all glory to God when that happens. God, I don't even know how I said what I did to these two people. But look at them now. They're peaceful toward each other. They're speaking. We have a family that sees each other on holidays again. This is a great thing that has happened here. Amen. You know, that can be the greatest. That can be uh, in the ranked in the same category as a physical healing. A miracle is a miracle. Amen. A healing miracle is a healing miracle. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And it's never too late to reconcile hearts. Don't don't let the devil rob you of that. It's never too late. So healing, we said, is always a matter of conversion. Amen. Jesus told Peter, he says, he said, when he said, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. That's in Luke 22, 32. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. When you're converted. Amen. Many of us, before we're even converted ourselves, go and try to tell us. We think we're strengthening them, but we're really trying to tell them how to live sometimes. See, when you're strengthened, you have the power of conversion. You got to be converted yourself. You can get involved in, in the middle of something and they talk you out of serving God. If you're not converted, you understand what I'm saying? Amen. So so you you have to understand that there's an open door once you're converted. And and you can be converted just on John 3:16. That's what you know, that's what you share. Amen. But don't go try to start a church on John 3:16. You understand what I'm saying? Just stay in your lane. When it's time to change lanes, you put your turn signal on. If you don't see a clearance, you just stay in your lane. So the steps to healing we talked about. You see with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart, and you're converted and you are healed. Amen. The woman with the issue of blood went through this process. Amen. Let me see if I've got the right scripture here. I think it's Luke 8. No, that's not the one. Luke 8 is a parable of the soul. I have to read that one anyway, so we'll do that one now. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad this one came up first. So Jesus tells this parable, a sower went out to sow, and he talks about the different parts of ground that that seed was sown in. Amen. And, and it, it's the ground of your heart. That's, that's what this, this, um, um, parable is talking about. It was starting in verse 11. He explains this like two or three times. And he said here, and, and, he, and he said to the disciples at one time, he said, the reason he took them aside and explained it in such depth, he says, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any of the rest of them? So this one is foundational. And I say that to you as well. If you don't understand this one, how are you going to understand the rest of them? And so it, it, this one must be understood. He says, 
he says in verse 12, those by the wayside are those that hear. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So you you read in your Bible that by Jesus stripes, you're already healed. And you make the mistake of telling somebody. Um, didn't he say when you're converted, you strengthen your brother? See, a lot of times we tell people because we're not totally convinced. We're looking for a, a survey, a consensus of opinion, what somebody else thinks about. We're just putting it out there, fleecing, which is against the law. Amen. <laughs> So the devil comes immediately. Well, if you heal, what? Why are you still? Why are you still? Why are you? Why can't you do? Why are you still? So you hear that word and immediately get stolen by somebody who questions your faith. He says, those on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. One one uh, scripture says gladness. That's kind of a shallow level on which to receive the word. See, because it, it's on the rock. Now, a rock can get a little moisture. But before that seed germinates. The sun that's beating down on that has dried it up already. So it goes back into a dormant state. Amen. But you did hear the word. You did receive it some. But it's not bearing any fruit because it's not in a place where it's got any depth. He says they have no root and they believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. How many times do we see that in the church? People that were on fire for God came all the time, couldn't wait to get to church. And then the devil plants a lie. Amen. They get around people that question, why you go to that church? Oh, your pastor's a woman? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, if you're smart, the minute somebody questions anything that you hear, you go the other way. Because, see, you didn't realize, but the test will come up. The Bible says in times of temptation or testing, they fall away. Mm -hmm. Because they don't pass the test. Because they were so happy for, oh, wow. Ooh, wait, you, did you hear that? That word was good. <laughs> what she preached, I don't remember. But that word was good. When I was hearing it, I was happy. When I was, ah, I was happy. Ah, happy. And then I went home and I got unhappy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We all been there and can visit there again. You know what I'm saying? So that word will be tested. You will be given an exam on the word. Your circumstances will test the word that's in you, whether you believe it or not. 
and they fall away because they they just quit. Well, I thought I thought God was going to do that. I thought He was going. Well, I thought I thought that's the problem. You never received it. You just thought about it. You left it in your head instead of letting it transfer to your heart. And he says, they fall away in times of temptation. That which fell among thorns, thorns are they which when they have heard, go forth. And the cares of it in riches and pleasures of this life, just push the word out. The Bible says it chokes the word. Amen. And, and I can tell you that we've done a lot of Pushing cares into the preaching of the word of God. Because we challenged people in areas where God would not challenge them. You know, um, if if you have enough faith, you can do this and do that. That's not how you teach people. You don't challenge them and, and tempt them beyond God where God would press them to be, you know. Um, uh, you've got to be debt free or, you know, or you've got to you can't be sick and you can't eat certain foods and you can't. You understand what I'm saying? See, we put a lot of things. There's too much mixture in with the word and and it begins to choke the word out. And people say, well, dang, I thought I was, you know, I was happy I was saved and I was on my way to get my family back together or praying for a good husband or praying for a good wife or and all of a sudden now I got to have all this other stuff I got to do or I'm not saved. You know, people don't come out and say that, but it's left hanging out there like, look at all this other stuff you got to do. And you got to do that on top of all the other stuff you got to do to keep your life together. See, the church should not add to our woes and our problems and our concerns. It should alleviate the anointing breaks yokes that connect you to your problem. Amen. And if we continue to flow in the anointing and allow people to get free, then they can make you need to be able to make your own decision about being debt free. You need to be able to make your own decision about how many children you're going to have or how when you're going to have them, when you get married, what all the things you you make your own mind up about that between you and God. My job is to give you the tools that get success to get there wherever there is for you. You choose your own there. Amen. As long as it's legal and as long as it's the word and as long as God approves, who am I to add cares to your life? You don't add problems to people. Take them away. You know, God began to prosper a bunch of preachers. And they got uncomfortable about how much money they did have. And then they started putting it on other people. You can do this, too. You can get here, too. Well, I want to get there. You know what? I was pretty happy with my little house and my little family and paying my bills and knowing I was going to go to heaven. I'm looking for you to help me to get the rest of my family say. I'm looking for you to help. I mean, really help me. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to believe God for the things that add to my life. How you live is between you and God. You're not adding to my life. You know what I'm saying? 
that's on you. <laughs> it says, and they which fell among thorns, where they have heard go forth and choke with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. That stuff will choke you more than it'll set you free and give and inspire you. Amen. It really, really will. He says, but that that fell on good ground are they which have an honest and good heart. Think how many honest and good people have been lost from God's kingdom by errant focus on certain scriptures. You understand what I'm saying? We we teach you faith in the word so you can accomplish the things that God's put in your heart to do. I don't know what he put in your heart to do, but I can I can help you get there. You understand what my job is to help you get there and to help you understand how to use the word, how to use your faith, how to uh, be a blessing. You know, what about that? You be a blessing to somebody. Amen. Instead of trying to take everything. So it says when you when it falls on good ground, you keep that word. Amen. With an honest and good God. I don't care what happens, how much I have of, of this world's goods and what I don't have. But I'm going to stay true to your word. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to love people. I'm going to forgive people. I'm going to bless people. If I see somebody that doesn't have, I'm going to give them what they need. Amen. And I'm going to be an example for it. And I'm going to give you the glory for it. And they keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Not things, but fruit. What's the fruit of your spirit? It's it's love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, patience, all of those things. Those are brought. That's what's brought forth. And that's where you live. See, if you don't have that, you don't have a life. You don't have an atmosphere that you can grow in. You don't have a, 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 a pleasant place, a wealthy place in God where you can reside and it has nothing to do with money or this world's good your wealthy place is a place where you can be nurtured where your spirit is at peace where you're at peace you got a peaceful family you got a peaceful household that's your wealthy place because it's a nurturing atmosphere there's a rich deposit of god's goodness in that atmosphere where people come over and don't want to leave. They say, I don't know, I just, I get so comfortable when I'm over here. Amen. And it doesn't, you, you know, I hadn't bought furniture in, <laughs> I hate to tell you. <laughs> anyway, it's in good shape though. Wasn't rough looking. <laughs> but I don't believe in buying that stuff. I'm just going to be honest with you. People say, well, I just redecorated. I said, oh, <laughs> I moved the ottoman from in, from in front of my chair so I can get up. That's redecorating. <laughs> I do things to last. I just say, hey, I bought one set of furniture. I ain't buying no more. I just, and it's beige furniture too. Amen. In fact, I just gave it away. It's just clean now. Huh? Go figure. You know, God helps me, I think, because I'm determined not to spend money. Listen, 
I got too many books to write. I got too many people here to feed. I got too many things to do for God. Are you kidding me? Now, come on, y'all. Let's, let's get it real here. And people say, well, it's just so the atmosphere is so nice around here. It's just so peaceful. And I would have a house full of people sometimes. You know, we, we'd have our empowerment meetings and every bed in that house was slept in. Two nights in a row, every bathroom was used. Two nights in a row. There was no confusion. There was never any strife. You know, if I saw somebody getting off on their conversation, I said, y'all go to bed. I would. You know, the guys who want to sit up and talk their yang, I said, go to bed. Because at five in the morning, y'all getting up and getting that bus out and getting everything. Come on now. You know what you got to do. And don't be looking fishy at me either. I said, I don't let people stay at my house when I ain't here. In all those years, nobody got sick and we had to leave them behind. If you sick, you get a, really? Get on that bus. You'll be healed by the time we get to the meet. <laughs> We had no complaints, no problems. You understand me? Nobody tore up nothing, broke nothing. Got me? I believe in angels to help you. You know, I'm I'm just a poor widow girl living for Jesus. So I need angels to help me. All these big old men, everybody three times the size of me, and all I mean, that's hard to do. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just, you know, you got to believe in angels. Amen. And they kept the peace around there, and everybody was peaceful, slept good, all that stuff. So, so we said we would must hear with our eyes, see, <laughs> hear with our ears, see with our eyes, understand with our hearts, and be converted, and God will heal. Amen. Once you're converted, the healing is a done deal. I mean, it's just it's done by faith the minute you believe. But these are the things that affect your believing. How do you hear? Do you hear and then give up and turn away from the truth? It's because that word is not deposited. You're not given the word enough chance to be deposited in a pure heart. A pure heart says the word is true all the time. It's not dependent upon how you feel about it. So you can go through a mental back and forth about, well, how can I say I'm healed? I'm still taking medicine. Or I still feel bad here and there. I still got this uh, weakness here. I still can't do this. I can't do that. How can I say I'm healed? What you can have that back and forth in your mind all day long, but at the end of the day, you better say, by his stripes I'm healed because I believe his word over how I feel and what I see. See, that's why you're healed, because you believe the word. Not because there's an absence of symptoms or there's a this or a doctor said this or somebody said that. You're healed because you believe his word. You're prosperous because you believe his word. Prosperous does not mean millionaire. It means that everything you set your hand to works out. You don't set your hand at making money all the time. You set your hand at other things. 
You set your hand to praying for your children, praying for your family members, praying for co-workers, laying hands on the sick. If you're not prosperous, don't be laying hands on those sick people because they won't get healed. But you got to believe you prosper because everything you set your hands to will work and it won't fail. You got to believe that. And it works in the material realm as well. You go to work, you're going to get paid. If you do an excellent job like God tells you to and you want a promotion, he will promote you. But don't go in there thinking, they don't promote no black people around here. Well, why don't you not be black today? I mean, are you kidding me? You got a lot of identities you roll in. Now, y'all have made me get up now. See, y'all, nah, y'all shouldn't have done that. Huh? I have y'all to know I ain't black. I ain't been black since Jesus saved me. Huh? Don't go to claiming a wrong identity. If you if you want kingdom results, you got to be a kingdom kid. Now, we don't have no color, no ethnicity or nothing like that in God's kingdom. We're made in his image. So if he black, I'm black. But I ain't black if it's going to hold me back. Huh? Find me some music. Say it loud. Boom, boom, boom. I'm black and I'm proud. <laughs> Say it loud. <laughs> I'm saved and I'm proud. Amen. Say it loud. Woo! I'm saved and I'm proud. Say it loud. I'm saved and I'm proud. There you go. That's who you are. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but God wants us converted, folks. Huh? Any identity you claim other than what God has given you is going to work against you. I don't care if it's white. It'll work against you. You understand? Well, I don't care if it's red. It's going to work. I don't care. Hispanic, Asian, whatever you claim is at some point going to work against you because you're not claiming the right image. You're made in the image of God, period. Amen. So when you're saved and you belong to God, you have a different identity. Huh? You, you, seriously? Seriously? Because, see, what you have pride in in the natural brings shame to you as a child of God. I'd rather not be ashamed of the gospel or of Jesus Christ. Amen? You don't have to be ashamed of it. Are you ashamed of being black? Don't be stupid. I told you already. What did I tell y'all? I ain't black. 
that that's gonna mess some heads up for a little bit. Hello, Facebook. Hello, Internet. Be it known unto you this day that this girl right here ain't black. <laughs> so the sower sows the word. So if we look at preaching as sowing, the word is going out into your heart. Amen. Now, some of you who didn't like my black denial when that word went out went like Wonder Woman <laughs> fought it off. Uh, Wonder Woman because you've been taught to be proud which is a sin. See, when you got saved, what did we say? I looked at my hands. My hands was new. I looked at my feet, and they was too. You got a new identity. Everything about you was new. Old things passed away. Whatever takes from your identity in God is going to work against you. It's going to be a deficit. It's going to bring lack, poverty, or something into your life. Amen? Amen. It it depends on how the culture identifies whatever you you look up to. See, when when we love God and we belong to God, the prevailing culture is always going to be against us. So you don't take on another identity, your old identity, so that the culture you're here to change the culture. So you're not here to 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 fall in line with anything or drift with it. You're here to change the culture. Amen. <laughs> I remember when God had me shared that total black thing. I was in a, a women's uh, ministry. And, you know, I was I thought I was doing pretty good, you know, loving people, all that kind of stuff. And they were going to have a foot washing. And I hadn't I didn't know anything about that. You know, I didn't know anything about. And when I was getting ready to sit down, I was the only black person there. When I was getting ready to sit down, something inside me said, I ain't washing no white woman's feet. (laughs) Saved. See, we're talking about being converted. See, we're talking about being converted, not just saved. And so. When I sat and I heard that, and I thought, oh, God, that sounds so bad. And I just felt bad. And so the the lady who was sitting beside, she said, Sister Barbara, is that your name, honey? You know, we didn't know each other. It was just some name tags. She said, I'm going to wash your feet. And I just started crying. I told her. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, but there's something in me that's not right about it. And I told her. What I, what I thought. And she says, oh, she said, well, that's okay. She said, God forgives. 
She said, and just let me do this. She said, because this is part of how you get free from from old. She said, I've had bad attitudes, too. She said, we all have. She said, but it's through serving one another that those powers are broken over us. She said, so let me just wash your feet. And the whole time she washed my feet, I cried. You see what I'm saying? God had it all set up. So that's one of the last times I was black. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? That'll finish the job off. And, And I have had, we've always had whites in the ministry. And I have had them come up to me and say, you know what? When I come here, I don't feel. And I said, white? Yeah, I guess so. She said, I just feel like I belong and it doesn't matter what color anybody is. That's when you know it's broken. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I can tell you I ain't black. When you get to heaven, you'll have a glorified body. You just glow all the time. Amen. Down here, we glow a little bit. But you'll glow all the time up there. Amen. Any identity you have other than a child of God is a false one. It'll hold you back. The devil puts it in there to hold you back. Amen. There's no there's no bonus to being proud of your skin color. You didn't have it. You didn't have a choice in it. You didn't select it. Amen. You didn't go through a catalog while you were. Let me see what others. Oh, that's too busy for the hair I've chosen. I don't that. We don't live in a superficial. We live kingdom. We live as real people who serve a real God. Amen. So you have to be careful how you hear. When you're hearing the word, you can't put your guard up and fight it off. You got to let it sink in and let God determine. See, as once it gets in here, the Holy Ghost can tell you if it's if it's true or not. If it's lining up with God's word, if it's revelation from God, the Holy Spirit can tell you that. Amen. The glorious thing is when we get to heaven, nobody's going to know whose color is what. We're not going to all those differences. And see, God made the distinction to show his glory. The devil took it and perverted it and said, well, you're different. You ain't no good. You're not this and you're not that. You know, it's like flavor of the month. So it's whatever color is the going color is what, you know, what we aspire to be. Anybody who's not that feels inferior. Is that stupid or what? And we're all made in God's image. So we need to cut it out. Amen. So you need to hear with an understanding heart. It's very important how you hear. Cynical people always make light of the word. Instead of receiving it as the bread of life. It's what we eat to receive life eternal. Amen. You eat the word to receive life eternal. How you hear determines if you will hold on to the word. How you hear is a matter of your heart condition. Whether you'll hold on to it or whether you'll kick it aside or or see see it as not important or trivial. Many times we'll come into a a church setting or something. We want to hear a certain thing. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody who's anointed will never give your flesh any kind of play like that. See, you may not even know where it's coming from. Then all of a sudden you get out there in the parking lot and you say, man, I'm bleeding here. I 
didn't realize it. It was sounding good to me, but now I'm full of nicks and cuts. And, huh? <laughs> Amen. Because we're not here to tickle ears. We're here to build up your spirit. Amen. And so, and so you have to, you have to keep yourself open to hear whatever God has for you. Whatever's on the plate, quit pushing them peas around and put one in your mouth. They happen to be sweet. Cause you ain't getting no dessert. So you might as well eat them peas. They good for you. Amen. So how you hear determines how you hold on to the word. What it, how much yield you get spiritual yield what kind of of crop you get um fruit the fruit that comes forth is determined by the condition of your heart when your ears start to hear the word when it starts to penetrate that's why we worship god before the service amen uh it's it in in people you know i see people straggle in late after praise and worship's over I guess that's their time that they think they should show up. But I triple dog dare you to show up on time one time and see if you won't get more. Now listen, if you, if you felt shade then, it's cause I threw it on purpose. <laughs> you need to show God respect. Show up at his house on time. Because many times people come in hardened, late, leave out hardened because they come back hardened again late the next time. Never changes. Oh, Pastor stop it. I'm not. That's what I'm put here for. Huh? People say, man, you be getting it. They say, they say, you know, you be flossing. I say, yeah, and I get up under that bridge work, too, if I can. I don't know. Yeah. Take that bridge out and let me clean it. <laughs> Slap it back in there. Huh? <laughs> it's good for you. Amen. Good for you. I tell you, when God got me straight on that race thing, Sometimes people are waiting for their ministry to quote unquote take off and they haven't taken off for all kinds of ideas and, you know, bigotry and prejudice and all this kind of stuff. You know, you hear it from pulpits all the time. So how you hear determines if you will hold on to the word or hold on to what you currently believe. So you've got to let your heart get softened you've got to let it um, you've got to drop your guard be so defensive against hearing certain things you know it's like oh boy here she goes again with that forgiveness stuff huh you want to ride in the car huh you got to pay the fare Forgiveness is the basic car fare to ride with God. You've been forgiven. Now you want to hold everybody else hostage. So in the matter of healing, 
you must believe what God says about healing. You can't believe anything else. You have to believe what God says, not what the doctors say. And see, I'm not making excuses for doctors when I preach. Now, that's up to you to, you know, you can take this to the bank or you can let it stay right out there where it is. You know, a lot of times ministers will say, well, I have nothing against doctors. Well, that goes without saying. You don't preach because you have something against something. You preach because you're trying to get the word into people. Because there may be people who are struggling with, do I let go of my confidence in my treatments and in this and in that and then hop on the word of God? How do I do that? You just hop on. See, many times people are are nervous about letting go of something that they've had confidence in and that's all they know. Well, when you start hearing the word, you start understanding, hey, wait a minute. And maybe I can get off of this merry-go-round I've been on for years. Maybe I can. Maybe this is a better way to live, to live by the word. Amen? It has nothing to do with being against or for anything. When when we were struggling about vaccines, remember that? Flu shots. And the Lord told me, he said, tell these people they don't have to take an injection. I'm their flu shot. So I love Jesus. I tell people anything he tells me to tell them. (laughs) But how many of you take your little prayer cloth? That's been, what, 20 years ago? And we don't take shots and we don't get flu. That's why Rona don't scare you. Amen. Because you're already immunized against Rona and all her little cousins. It's all the same thing. And people who are living fearful over something that has a 99% cure rate. You understand me? And they they had something to treat it before they even discovered what it was. And governments got involved and didn't want you to have it because they want you to die, I guess, until you get a vaccine. I don't know what these crazy people do anymore. You understand? See, this is a good reason why you need to trust God in his word. You keep trusting in man. You may you may get help from man and you may not. Huh? And if God shuts the door to man helping you, you know you belong to God first, right? That don't mean you can just jump up. You can freely choose, oh, I'll go to the doctor instead, instead of doing That ain't your choice. I don't know what kind of covenant y'all got. A covenant of free will and do what you want to do. But my covenant says I have to obey God in order to get the benefits. I belong to him first. See, if I if I go to the doctor, it's God's decision that what I'm what I'm dealing with. Look, Barb, now look, you ain't believe me for no fillings and no teeth. So let the dentist make some money. You understand what I'm saying? 
that's a decision he made for me. He helped me make that. I went to him first. Knowing I couldn't believe no feelings, you know what I'm saying? But I I asked. Because one day he might say, hey, hang with it. I'm throw that feeling in this afternoon. Listen, if my faith is raggedy, I'm taking my raggedy faith to the throne. I don't care if I don't have, you know, walking on water faith. What little bit I do have, I'm taking it to the throne. And let the author and finisher deal with it. (laughs) So keep your heart open when you're in, in God's sanctuary. Amen. This is a safe place where you can hear the word. If you're confused about anything, you just pray and leave it out there for God. He'll help you to understand it, straighten it out for you. Everything is possible if you believe God's word and believe God to bring it to pass. There's nothing off limits with God. You have to believe, number one, for healing. Well, you have to believe it's paid for by the atonement. There's no curse. The curse is broken. Sickness is a curse and you are redeemed. You, he paid for you not to be sick anymore. But Barb, how come people, I said he paid for you not to get sick anymore. But Barb, how come, I said he paid for you not to get sick anymore. And let the last word settle in on you. Huh? I don't have to answer your whys. Huh? That's where you get in trouble. Just keep repeating what he said. That's how you get yourself converted. When your little conscience tells me, well, why do I still feel like this? And why do you say, mm-mm. He paid for me to be healed. There's nothing I have to do to get healed except believe it's paid for. Amen. That's all. Just believe. Believe and not doubt. Believe and not add things to it. Jesus owns healing. He himself took our infirmities. He's not a healer. He's the healer. Amen. Nobody else did this for anybody but him. So he owns it. So when you need healing, you have to go through him. You have to. Can't go to anybody else. He he healed once and for all, for all time, for all people. And for your dogs and cats. He says our animals are blessed. That means in good health, well-being, sound, all of that kind of stuff. They're in good health. And mine is a little pudgy. Don't judge her. Healing is a provision of his covenant. (laughs) Amen. You have no covenant without shed blood. 
All the other religions have a bloodness covenant. That's why they don't get any results. That's why they're still looking for a way to wherever they go at the end of life. No blood has been shed for their sins. Once you're under the blood covenant of God, you get a peace about your eternal destination. Once you have peace about that, you live in God's righteousness. And that righteousness will guard your heart until you're converted, until you're totally convinced, amen, of whatever it is you believe in God for. The reason that we don't get healing as often sometimes as we want or rapidly as we want is that we kind of settle for something in between. Let's say, for instance, if you were in pain or something like that, when the pain goes, but oftentimes that absence of pain is just the beginning of your healing. Got me? And so, and why would you want to walk away from the discipline of the word when that's what we live by? See? But oftentimes, you ever, you ever really needed something from God, man? You go, oh God, oh God, hold it. You know, got the all of, you got Benny Hinn on here, you got everybody else over here, you got Bible sitting here, you got your tablet here, you got cell phone here, you got YouTube on, you got everybody on. And so you start to feel a little better. And you shut all that off. Yeah, right. But you got to look at at the absence of a symptom oftentimes is the beginning of total healing. And then you continue the way that seed was planted. You got to water it and you got to cultivate it till you get the full maturity of it. That's why many times symptoms will keep coming back. When the Bible says he makes an utter end, you got to make an utter end. Say, God, I see I got a little bit of this thing taken care of. Let's kill it. Let's get the rest of it. Amen. And so you keep your YouTube on. You keep your whatever on. Whatever got you there, you get the rest of it. Amen. Because there should come a knowing inside of you that the rest is coming. Amen. Noah was, 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 you know, he went in the ark 40 days. It's smelling bad. It was smelling bad enough when they first came in here. Now we got all 40 days with animals in your house, on your carpet, your good furniture, your wonderful things. I have a dog that's, don't judge her, but. <laughs> But he sent that dove out, remember? And it came back. At first, it just came back with nothing. Then it came back with a little sprig in its mouth. I mean a little twig. How big is a dove's beak? He got that little thing. That's your first absence of symptoms. The first time something begins to leave you, that's your little sprig. And the Bible says no one knew that the flood was over. Huh? He knew it from that little bit of evidence. Sometimes God will give you that. You'll get a peace inside. You start praying for your health and you'll get such a peace inside of you 
that little bit of evidence, that peace, that faith evidence is enough to tell you if I stay with what I'm doing like I'm doing it, the rest is coming. Amen. The rest must come because I got the seed now. And so when you start thinking like that, your mind takes a different turn. It gets converted. And you start to understand, man, this faith stuff is working. This word works. This stuff is real. And I'm going to stay with this because this is the way to live. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you with understanding. Understanding comes from your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can be converted to all we believe is your word. And I thank you that that day is coming for each and every one of us. In fact, it is here. We make the choice every day to believe your word and to hold on to it. It doesn't take a big deal. You don't have to be a big spiritual powerhouse. In fact, I don't know what that is. But you don't have to be prominent, not many mighty, not many noble are among us. We're pretty much everyday people just serving an extraordinary God. And you live in us. You cause us to do exploits and mighty things and great things. So, Lord, we thank you for the extraordinary blessing of the healing power of your word. I love you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for saving us, healing us, making us whole in every way. Why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we thank you. Bless our bread and our water. Take sickness from the midst of us. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name.